0: Is our brother here? (laughs) Uh, I know that we're expecting a scripture reader to read today, but I would like uh, us as a congregation to go through it together as we go through the sermon. So we're going to go right to our sermon, okay? Uh, But before that one, let's pray. Let's focus our hearts upon the Lord, shall we? Father God, thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, giving this privilege of hearing your word. Thank you, Lord, for the songs that you've given us, uh, for truths in those songs about you and about your mercy and grace and your goodness, Lord. I pray, Lord, as we go through your word, uh, that we would focus on you and would actually explore the things that you want us to see, that we get to know you more and love you more. So bless me, Lord, as I speak your message to these uh, brothers and sisters of mine, that it would actually penetrate their hearts so that they would fall in love more with you. If there's anything, Lord, that I'm going to say that is not from you, then I pray you block it out of their memory. We also pray against uh, the work of our enemy because he has no place in here. Only you have place in here. and You are the center of this place. And so we want all the glory to come to you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. How are you guys? Good. Um, our message today has the title over there in the. Uh, background is why does God bless Jacob it comes in question form kind of weird usually it's a statement but this time it's a question and because I feel nice today uh, I'm going to give you the answer to that question the answer to the question is why does God bless Jacob because God is good he is full of grace and he is faithful okay again why does God bless Jacob because he is good he is full of grace and he is faithful. Why don't you say it with me? Why does God bless Jacob? Because he is good, he is full of grace, and he is faithful. We'll get there. All right? So remember that one because that's going to be very important for later on. Now, uh, when you hear Bible stories or you attend Sunday school or you just hear sermons, uh, you start to get uh, to meet a few people. Great people. Great heroes of the faith, in fact. Uh, people like Moses. You guys know Moses, right? Okay, and Moses, he faces Pharaoh, who is the king of Egypt, the uh, superpower of the world of the time. No one was greater than Egypt. No country was greater than Egypt. And Moses comes there with a stick, and he says, God said to let his people go, so you should do that. Imagine that. Such bravery, such courage. Or like another person who comes up with a giant with a stick. His name's David. Do you know that guy? Right? Imagine that guy, that champion more than eight foot tall all right maybe 11 feet tall of a giant and he goes over there. you don't speak to God that way. Brave person. Or you see the faith of Abraham we heard about Abraham about the sacrifice that he was asked to make and he through his faith made that sacrifice or was willing to make that sacrifice. We learn about uh, Noah I mean for us who are uh, going through the Bible studies in Genesis. Uh, God tells, hey Noah, build an ark. What's that? I'll tell you how to make it. Uh, it's supposed to float on water because it's going to rain. Rain? What's rain? And there were, he was supposed to build an ark in the middle of nowhere where there's no water in sight for a hundred years. Imagine the obedience that Noah had to go through for that. All these people, they are inspiring, are they not? some people you look up to, some people who you find motivation from, a great example to follow. In equal measure, however, when you read about these people, at least for me, I get intimidated by them. I'm like, what happens, or what would happen if, for example, if I took their place in that story? Would I do the same thing? No way. You know, I'll go to the Pharaoh, and I'll see his army, and I'm like with a stick, what can this do? I'm like, oh, I was just, I was just passing by. Sorry to bother you guys going, going this way. <laughs> it's intimidating. Or if God told me, hey, uh, Josh, I want you to build a boat in the middle of nowhere. It's just you and your sons, okay? And rain will come, even though you don't know it's going to actually flood the whole world. That's, That's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. It's intimidating to actually see the things that these people have to overcome. The faith that they had is like something that I don't think I could ever reach. And so when uh, I wanted to read my Bible, I started wanting to read the Bible every day. Uh, this hesitation, this intimidation got to me a little bit. I Because I knew if I started reading the Bible, I would come up with the stories of these individuals... And I'd feel very, very small, and would not measure up to them at all. Am I alone in this? No. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. Good. All right. Because I thought that maybe some of you guys have attained that. By the way, speaking of reading the Bibles, have you guys been reading your Bibles? How's that going? I well, hope it's good. I hope that you've been reading uh, the Word of God, because it's through this book that we get to Stay there. Um It's through this book that we get to know who God is when we read about the situations that these people go through and the promises that God gives you see his heart you get to see what God is like you get to see what he loves what he hates and he gets to transform you as you get to know him so read the Bible read the Bible get to know these stories so you get to see how God is faithful with his promises how God continues to be faithful even to us Anyway, that's what drove me on because I wanted to know who God was. I felt a glimpse, a fraction of his love one time, and I said, I want to know him. And so even though I knew I would be intimidated, I started reading my Bible. Sure enough, there were people who I've heard in Sunday school, and I got to know their story. And I was very impressed by many people until I got to this person named Jacob. Jacob. Jacob, like Jacob, I have no respect for Jacob. I'm sorry. Jacob's attitude and character is such a low quality that I don't understand. When I was reading, why is he in the Bible? He is no example to follow. You know the story of Jacob. We've been going through Genesis, right? This is the same guy who sees his brother coming from the field, tired and hungry. And he says, Jacob, so hungry. You have any food? Yes, I do, but for a price. Give me everything that you owe. Your first, your your birthright, give it to me. And he gets it. No remorse. This is the same Jacob who goes to his aging father who can't see and fools him to get his blessing. What kind of person would trick? A dying old man who can't see. Jacob is the kind of person. My. Like what in the world? Am I supposed to follow that? I hope you're not following that. Right? Like see look. Jacob. uh, He's a man of God. He tricked an old man who can't see. So I'll do the same thing. Don't do it. That's a horrible character. What's more is this. Because of what he did. His brother got obviously angry and wanted to kill him. So he had to run away. He had to run away to his uncle Laban. You you remember the story so far, right? So he had to run run away with his uh, father, uh, to his uh, uncle. And he rested. He made camp at the place. And as he was resting there, he had a vision. And this vision was a stairway to heaven. Not the song, but an actual stairway to heaven where angels were like walking down there. And God's voice... Comes from the stairway and says to Jacob, Jacob, I promise to bless you. Huh? What? This guy? This guy, God, you're going to bless. Even though he was so unfaithful, so selfish, so deceitful. By the way, do you know what the meaning of Jacob means? It means liar or cheater or trickster. He lives up to his name well, doesn't he? This trickster, God says, I will bless you, and through your blessings, the nations will be blessed. And this God, who keeps his promises, he kept his promise to Abraham, to Isaac. He gives this promise to Jacob. Jacob wakes up. He's like, Goodness, God talked to me. He has given me a promise. And then he says this to God. Can you uh, show the next slide? Okay, I just want to make sure that, that, that you see this, this is from the Bible. Jacob makes a promise, makes a vow to God, says, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. God just promised you something and you have the goal to say if 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 you're gonna give this to me then fine you can be my god and I'll give you ah 10 percent who are you like this guy these two guys over here they made a joke regarding that one because it makes God, thank you for promises. Hey, here's a rock. This is the kind of guy we're looking at. This is the kind of guy that God's going to bless. It leads me to the question, why does God bless Jacob? Answer, because he is good, he's full of grace, and he's faithful. Notice Jacob is not in the picture there. It's only because of God's character that he's blessed. What a character Jacob has. I don't like Jacob. I don't like Jacob. Selfish, deceitful, and bargaining with God as if he's the boss. Yet God still blesses him. And we've heard of the stories of what happens next. He meets Rachel, he and wow, Rachel, I'm gonna carry this rock. He likes rocks for some reason. And then he starts working for his uncle for seven years to be fooled. Uh, to marry the older sister says what? In the middle of a tent where he can't see me, ironic. And then after that he gets to work seven more years to get the one he truly loves. And those he truly loves, they get contests. We heard about that one last week, which is interesting. And then it, it comes time of where now he's going to talk to his uncle. So we're going to go to the next text. Let's go Genesis chapter thirty, verses twenty-five. So, recap. Rachel just gave birth to Joseph. So after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so that I can go to my own homeland. Hey? Okay? Give me my wives and children for whom I have served for you. How many years did he serve for them? 40. At least 14 years. At least 14 years. And I will be on my way, and you know how much work I've done for you. At least 14 years of work but laban said to him if i have found favor in your eyes please stay i have learned by divination that the lord has blessed me because of you and he added name your wages and i will pay them said oh sorry jacob said jacob said to him you know how i have worked for you and how your livestock stock have fared under my care the little you had before I came, has increased greatly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? Okay. What shall I give you? He asked. Don't give me anything. Wow. Well, give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watch over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from every speck from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark colored lamb and every spotted or speckled goat and they will be my wages. And my honesty will testify for me in the future wherever whenever you check on the wages you have paid me any goat that is in possession to me that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not dark stole- dark color will be considered stolen. Agree, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. Okay, we're going to pause there. I'm just going to summarize the story you've just heard. Jacob goes to Laban and says, Tito, it's been at least 14 years! I want to go back home. Most probably, I'm not going to be murdered this time. <laughs> right? And Laban said, Wagnaman, naman. stay. Because he knows, he himself admits I am blessed because of your God. Right? So Laban admits, the Lord has blessed me because of you. And Jacob says, yeah, because when I came here, there's only just one, two, or three. (laughs) Right? But when I came here, you got a lot more. And it's because the Lord has blessed you. The Lord has blessed me to bless you. Interesting. But, uh, I I have a request. Request this, that before I go, I'll take every spotted or striped or speckled lamb or goat. And that will be mine. And every pure goat, every light-colored lamb or goat will be yours. I have said. Good deal. Good deal. I like it. All right. That's good. So that's the story so far. And what we get from here is that, did the Lord keep his promise in blessing Jacob? Yes, he did. God keeps his word. Even the circumstances are not the best, God still keeps his word. Even when the person is not the best, God still keeps his word. It reminded me of Joseph, Jacob's son. Remember when he went to Egypt? He didn't really go to Egypt. He was more like taken to Egypt, but anyway. Whatever Joseph did, the Lord was with him, and everything he did was successful. Even when he went to prison... The Lord was with Joseph, and so everything he did was successful. Why? Because God is faithful. And it's the same thing for Jacob. Whatever Jacob did, the Lord was with him, and everything he did was successful. Question. Why does God bless Jacob? Because he's good, he's full of grace, and he is faithful. Amen. Now, there's this question, like, what was up with these spotted and striped and speckled goats and sheep? Well, during that time, and even now, if you're going to have sheep or goats, you don't want the spotted, striped, or speckled sheep. You want the pure ones. You want the white ones. You want the thing without blemish or spot. And Jacob basically chooses the rejects of the flocks. And I'm like, okay, okay development in the story jacob might not be a bad person after all look at him he's actually picking the lesser of the fuck is he growing in character oh there is hope right (laughs) is he humble is he actually getting this i mean like remember abraham uh when their family again with his nephew they could not share the land together and say hey you know we our families can't share the land together they're starting to fight with each other we're getting too big and so he said, hey, you pick the land that you want, and I'll take the other one. Abraham is the older one. Lot is the nephew. Yet, Abram gave up his rights for the blessing of the nephew. He chose the lesser choice. And even in the New Testament, it says that we're supposed to consider others better than yourself. Didn't Jesus do the same thing of where he considered the blessing and benefit of others before himself—that's a Christian trait of where we give up our rights for others. Is Jacob doing this? I hope so. Also, let's see what the story comes. Okay, let's go to the next verses. Uh, let's go to verse thirty-four. And Laban said, "Agreed, that's a good deal." Look at what Laban does. Let's go to the next one. Then that same day, Laban removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted, and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had wiped on them, and all the dark-colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then, then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob, while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Is that 36? So Jacob just gave the better deal to Laban. What does Laban do? He tries to cheat Jacob. Man, may contest now whose character is worse. <laughs> and the bad news is uh, we live in a world of Labans. Or Laban, right? Either of two, okay? Laban Laban, right? Um, there will be people who will want to cheat you. Even if you do good to them, they will take advantage of the good that you do to them and cheat you. And some of you, maybe you're thinking about work or school and said, yes, I wish there was just only one person but I can think of three. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Those people, you helped them already and they used to help to take advantage of Uh, Unfortunately, this is a human tendency. It's not just in love. Human heart, the human greed, the human tendency is this. If it benefits me and my loved ones and my tribe, I'll take it even though it's at the cost of others. Doesn't matter. As long as I get the good things, if other people suffer, I don't care. I get it anyway. Where's an example of this one. Well, we live in a land called Canada, and we are blessed to be in Canada. Amen? I mean, like, we have a house. We have, some of us have more than two cars. Oh my goodness. All right? Uh, We have, the problem is that we don't have, it's not that we don't have food. We have too much food. All right? Some of us have access to education to uh, further our careers. God has blessed us. We are richer than four-fifths of the world. We are rich, we are blessed, but if you study the history of Canada, you, I cannot deny that the foundation of the making of Canada, much of it has been done because of bullying. Natives had this as their home, and Europeans came by, and they do not know—they did not know how to actually survive the winter. And so the natives said, "This is how you survive the winter," and they survive. How did they repay them? Your home is ours now. Now, I'm not saying they're all bad, but a big portion happened because of that. And we Filipinos who came here, we if we studied their history in the Philippines, we were colonized by Japan, by Spain, and we know what it is like to lose our culture because many of us do not know also how to write in the original letters of the Philippines. We inherited much of it from the Spaniards. Because, they said, if it benefits us, at the cost of these people, it doesn't matter. We live in a f- world full of Laban. And we don't even have to look at their past. We can look at the present right now. It is true, and we know this also, for how many of the things that we wear, many of the food that we eat, many of the properties we own are at the cost of somebody suffering. We went to uh, Waiwam and we met this guy, his name is Stacy. And Stacy, he leads an organization called Level Ground. The reason why he leads the uh, organization called Level Ground is because he found out that the coffee we drink comes at the price of farmers just being paid $1 a month. And they do not know how to put their kids to school. Because we get cheap coffee, cheap good coffee with a little bit of double-double right at the cost of a family in somewhere we can't see but as long as it benefits us it's okay if they get the low end of it the so they said you know i can't stand for this one we're going to now make a company in such a way that we're going to be fair to those workers and much of the things that we wear what we eat is because we're not fair we live in a world of laban people who will at the price of other people's living will get their comforts and their benefits. And that's not even the worst news. Because Laban is despicable. But Jacob is no different. Let's look at the next verses. So Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from poplar almond and plain trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Alright, he did a little bit of crafting. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs. Yeah, the, uh, where they drink. Uh, so that uh, they could directly, they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink... They mated in front of the branches, and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Do you see what he's doing here? Okay, continue. Jacob set apart the young of the flocks by themselves and made the rest face the streak and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs, in front, troughs, I should say troughs, in front of the animals, so they would uh, mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban, and the strong ones went to Jacob. (laughs) Laban, Laban. (laughs) Jacob cheats his uncle. In a world of Laban's, we just cheat each other. Uh, So it turns out that Jacob was not humble. He's still the same Jacob. He's still the same trickster. He's still the same cheat. Old habits die hard. He lives up to his name. He, by design, made sure that the strong ones came to him. And the weak ones goes to that. Now, the thing about the sticks, what they believed during that time, it's called sympathetic ma- magic, according to my research, is that they believe whatever the animal sees when they were mating or when they were breeding, it will somehow affect the uh, look or the outcome of the offspring later on. That's why he put uh, the sticks over there. It was white streaks, and so therefore, the goats will have white streaks on them know uh, i think that uh, you hear this one among filipinos as well filipino mothers that said whatever they have cravings of somehow it's going to affect the sons right like for example if uh, you know if you you had like chico and you really really like chico when you're pregnant that means that it's the the kid's going to be dark skinned and smooth you know <laughs> something like that uh, or or whatever right it's like all this one, and so it's same thing but just reverse flow for the goats that's what they believe uh for those of us who are in college, going out to nursing or to biology uh, we learned that actually the outside circumstances doesn't really affect the genetics of the kid so scientifically saying the sticks didn't really do anything with the goats so what did who is the one who can actually change dna So, whatever the case may be, like who knows, right? The thing is about science can say so much. Maybe there's some truth in that whole thing. However, uh, what we do know is that Jacob used the wisdom that he has not to bless Laban, but to bless himself at the cost of Laban. He took things on his own, in his own hands, instead of trusting that God would be faithful to him. Do you see that? This is what trips me up. This one I don't understand because in verse 43, it says, In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. In other words, it works. It works. He cheats he does not trust God. He uses his wisdom. And God blesses him. My question is. Guess what my question is. Why does God bless Jacob? For goodness sake. Because he's good. He's full of grace. And he's faithful. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's only by Grace. Because Jacob doesn't deserve it. Because Jacob he used his own wisdom instead of trusting God. You see, this one creates a problem for me because if you read the Bible and you read the stories, God is trying to teach his people something. And what He's trying to teach his people is this trust in the Lord even when it does not make sense. Don't use your don't lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord. Look at the people who did not trust the Lord and used their wisdom. Adam. God says, don't eat of the fruit that looks good to the eyes and looks good to eat. Adam used his own wisdom and says, you know what, I think I know better. I'm going to just want to know what good and evil is for myself. And because he used his own wisdom, instead of trusting God, he broke the world. Or uh, Abraham. The story of Abraham. God promised. God gave a promise to Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham is really old, as good as that. If the Bible tells you that somebody is as good as that, he's really old. Okay? He's really old. And it says, God God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And through him, I'm going to bless the nations. And Abraham said, okay. But you're taking so long, God. So I'm going to help you. Right? I'm going to use my wisdom to help you keep your promise. And so he takes Agar, and he gets Ishmael. And through Ishmael, lots of family problems came along, because he used his own wisdom instead of trusting God. Do the reverse. There are people in the Bible who did not use their own wisdom. He did not do what made sense, but instead trusted the Lord. And because of that, God was glorified, and they get to experience His glory. Example: Daniel's friends. You remember Daniel's friends, right? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Abed, Ned. Abed, I don't know that person, right? Call him uh, Benny. Right? They go to the king, and the king says, "Hey, when you hear the music, I want you to bow down and worship me." The logical thing to do during that time, when a king says, "If you do this one, if you don't do this one, I'll kill you," is not get killed. I'm just letting you know. Logic says, don't get killed. Right? But they abandoned that logic. and says, you know what, king? We won't do that one. We trust God can save us. They trusted God instead of using their own wisdom. Because they did that, even though they were thrown into the fire, they were not burned. And people all over that country get to praise God. They get to experience the glory of God. Because they trusted God instead of using their own wisdom. They did not lean. Or Jesus. On the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays to His Father. Remember that one? It's just hours away before He's going to be crucified on the cross. And He says, Father, if it's at all possible, can you please let this cup pass? Because everything within Him does not want to suffer and die but he ends that prayer with but not my will yours be done in other words even though everything within me does not want to go through with this even more so I want to trust you The Bible teaches that our Father loves us and cares for us. Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 30 to 34. Look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. God takes care of them. He knows that you need these things. He knows that you need food and all these. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added. Do not worry about tomorrow because today has its troubles. Of its own. Unfortunately, if we are honest enough, many of us, we have trouble trusting God. I had a wonderfully honest conversation with one of my co-workers. Uh, they have admitted that their faith is actually quite immature, quite weak. Right now they're situation it's really hard to know what's going to happen next. And they said, about God and about faith, I'm always doubting, always afraid of something like my future. This is all because I think I couldn't trust God fully. Because I don't feel that He has a plan for me. And I confess that when churches, they sing songs like, one way Jesus you're the only one I live for or Christ is enough for me I can't sing it with a pure heart you know I think about all these things Life. I need to live this life I need money I need career like all the worldly things and to be honest I quite like it I want to pursue it but apparently so far seems like God doesn't want me to have those things clearly No church-speak pretensions, no religious talk, just confessions of a heart. Saying, if I'm honest with myself and to God, I would rather have the things that He gives than He Himself. I don't trust Him. But But the Bible teaches you to trust Him. Yet for Jacob, he does the opposite of what the Bible teaches, yet he still gets blessed. It's like, what's going on here? He takes things in his own hands for his own benefit at the cost of others, does not trust God's promises, even though God has been faithful. And blesses him anyway. Because God is good. He is full of grace. And he is faithful. But here's the thing God remains faithful to his people. Even when his people are not faithful. God will discipline his people. The story is not done yet to Jacob, there are still 20 more chapters in Genesis. And there's Exodus in the rest of the Bible to see how God's plan works out. We don't know yet. So read your Bibles, by the way. Just find out for yourselves. I'll just keep that in suspense. So that later in home, you're like, what happened to this Jacob? Read it. But God will not be unfaithful to his children. That's grace. Jacob does not deserve God's blessings. We do not deserve God's blessings. But God is good. He is full of grace. He gives us the things that we do not deserve. And He spares us from the things that we do deserve because He is faithful. That's grace. Think about Adam. Remember Adam? He rebels against God. He tells, basically through his actions, he tells God, I would rather like to tell what's right and wrong for myself and not listen to you. And what God says is that, hey, you're rebelling against me? there's going to come a seed that's going to save everyone in the middle of his rebellion God promises to save them noah if you've been in Bible studies and know you learn that after God has flooded the earth and noah makes the sacrifices no God promises Noah Noah I will never again destroy the earth because man is evil All of his intentions from the heart is evil. That doesn't make any logical sense. Because the logical sentence would be because man is evil and his intentions are evil all the time, I will destroy the earth. That's what would make sense. But God says, I will not. He's faithful. Abraham has made so many mistakes, but did God keep his promise? Yes, he did. Because he is faithful. We have made so many mistakes. We have been unfaithful. And Jesus knew when he was going to the cross that we would fail. Yet he committed his life to die anyway. That's grace. That's goodness. That's faithfulness. He will remain faithful to us. He will remain good us he will remain gracious to us because that's the kind of god he is that's a god worthy to be praised that's a god worthy to be worshiped because he's love endures forever he's never gonna let never gonna let me down now some of us might be thinking this is a good deal so god It's going to be faithful to me no matter what, so I can do whatever I want and God's just going to bail me out. If you're talking like that, then you don't understand grace. In Romans chapter 6 verse 1, it says, Should we sin all the more so that grace may abound? By no means. If we're dead to sin, why should we live in there? In other words, here, if you know grace, grace, If you know what you've been freed from, you wouldn't want to go back. If you've experienced the goodness of God, why would you want to run away from the goodness of God and make it an excuse to go back to slavery? Grace is for us to be free from becoming Laban. Grace is for us so that we can actually seek that the kindness of God should lead us to repentance. It means that the kindness of God should expose that. Why am I taking pleasure in all of these things that won't give me anything in the end? When I can have God himself, who is faithful, who remains faithful, even though I will make mistakes, he's that good, he's that gracious, he is that faithful, I want to give my life for That's what grace is supposed to lead us to. Why does God bless Jacob? Because he is good. He is full of grace. He's faithful. Believe it or not, we're almost to the end of the sermon. How can we apply this to our lives? Because it's really hard to apply this to our lives. If you just read this text without knowing the principles, it seems like it's teaching us uh, you can cheat and lie, you're just going to get more goats. That's not the lesson of this text. The lesson of this text is that even when you cheat and lie, God will still remain faithful to you. Well, how does that apply now to our ministries and to our lives and to loved ones or to how, how we choose to live? I believe that there are some of us Who has to actually do some business with God. Who has to say, you know, maybe what I'm doing is I'm actually treating God less as a master and more like a vending machine. Where I'm using my religious activities to buy His blessings. God, I pray that, so you better do what I want. Maybe that's not what God wants for me. If that's you, and it's okay, that friend of mine was honest enough to say that one. And that's the first step. You confess first. And that's going to allow God to start working in your heart. To start knowing how good He is. Maybe that's something that we have to do. We have to talk to God regarding that. God, like I have a hard time knowing what I want. Whether it's your blessing or whether it's you. Help me see what I'm supposed to do. Maybe some of us you already start feeling God calling you to ministry. God calling you to do something for Him. But you look at your past, and you look at all of the things you've done, and you're ashamed. You said, there's no way God's going to use me. There's no way God's going to bless me. Are you Jacob? Because even Jacob, God blesses it. Your past is no excuse. God makes beautiful all things. He can use broken... He is an expert of making shameful and... Ugly things beautiful in his glory. Maybe that's maybe maybe the past is not your problem. Maybe the future is your problem. You're saying, I know that God wants me to do something, but I'm so afraid of making a mistake. I'm so afraid of failing. Hey, God will remain faithful even if you fail. His grace, his goodness is not there to punish you, it's there so that to say, Hey, I know you fell down, get up. I'm here. I will still be here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Perhaps it's not you who you're struggling about. Maybe it's someone who you love, who you know is not being faithful. And you don't know what's going to happen in their lives. If God made a promise, He keeps it, He keeps His word. And it might not seem like it right now, but He will keep His word. That person you're praying for. That person you're aching for. God aches even more. Trust Him. Trust Him. Maybe in your life, you've been working so hard and things are not just falling into place. It feels like they're falling apart. God wants you even though things doesn't make sense to trust him because he's fulfilled his promise in this book and he continues to fulfill his promise because he is good he's full of grace and he's faithful get to know him get to see the situations in here where it seems impossible for God to do anything and he does the impossible he is that good he is that faithful he uses even the very things that breaks us, build us up for His glory and His praise. When we choose not to use our own wisdom to get what we want, but to trust in Him, He gets the glory. We get to experience it. At this point, I'm going to give us a moment or two to just communion with God, talk Consider those questions. Consider the message that you have. And I'll pause in prayer. Take some time to talk. I'm going to invite the praise and worship team to come in front here. Perhaps play softly. As we pray, maybe we'll sing that. I invite the congregation to stand as we pray and worship the Lord through prayer and listening. Father God, you know the hearts and the situations in the lives of my brothers and sisters right now. You know what's going through their minds. You know what their their lives are right now. I pray, O Lord, that you bless them. Please, Lord, reveal yourself to them. Show them how good, how faithful, how gracious you are. I pray, Lord, for those brothers and sisters who perhaps heard the message and say, wow, I've just been using God to get what I want instead of actually getting God. Thank you, Lord, for their honesty in their hearts as they have prayed that one. I pray that you would uh, bless them with more of you. That they would find out, O oh Lord, of who you are in their lives. Not, what, not just what you give them, but who you are. And why it's an amazing thing to have a relationship with you. I pray, O Lord, for those brothers and sisters who perhaps are starting to wrestle with the shame that they have in their lives because of their past. I pray, O Lord, for forgiveness and grace for them. That they would be able to be courageous and follow you because they know that you're there and you're good. Pray for those people who perhaps are afraid to fail, that they want to serve, but they're afraid of what will happen next. Can you give them the faith to trust you no matter what comes? For those of us who are aching, Lord, for our loved ones who we know are not following your path. We take comfort in the fact, Lord, that that's how you feel too. And that you love us in a way. And that you're more faithful to us than we were ever faithful to anyone. So we trust you. You know what you're doing, that you will bless us. Because that's who you are. That's just who you are. I pray for us, Lord, who is trying to make sense of life right now. And it's hard to make sense of life. Help us, Lord, not to rely on our senses, but to trust in you. May you be the king of our hearts. The fountain we drink from. May you, may you, not your blessing, but may you be our song. May our hearts sing without any inhibitions and scream out that you are good. Because to you belong all the praise. To you belong all the glory. So bless this brother and sister. My praise in Jesus' name.